This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. Welcome back to the Liebcast. We have very distressing news to tell you. I have a house in East Mauritius, and one of my favorite things in East Mauritius is when you drive to the gym, you smell Tate's cookies. Oh. No, seriously, they're factory. Everyone thinks of Tate's, this huge company. They make so many cookies, the most delicious cookies you ever had, these cookies. They think they're in Southampton because that's where they were from. That's where that's the that's the story of the beginning of this thing. And you can you can read about it about Kathleen King. She starts this company in the 70s in an East End farm stand. But the thing that sold this company for her, she made five hundred million dollars in 2018 is this factory in East Mauritius. They have this huge factory. You they can smell cookies all the time in East Mauritius. Morty, they got nearly 500 workers in East Mauritius. And just so you know, there's probably not 500 people in East Mauritius. People you probably have never even heard of East Mauritius before. It's basically, I, people ask me where my house is. I say West Hampton because it's partly in the West Hampton School District. But no one knows about East Mauritius. So my re- mom calls it bung- Bumblebuck. So... I'm reading Dan's papers because Dan's papers is, this is the Hamptons, Dan's papers. So I'm reading Dan's papers. I like to read. And here's their headline, Morty, the scoop from March 18th. This guy, Timothy Bulger, he's ruining my day. He wrote, Southampton's Tate's Bake Shop accused of using deportation threat to intimidate workers seeking to unionize. What's that about, Morty? So yeah, I uh, I read the article as well, and what's happening is the employees are um, trying to unionize, and uh, they're um, they're having a they're scheduling a vote, and the uh, the employer doesn't want them to unionize. So allegedly, they're telling the employees that if you vote to form a uh, union, um, the, there's a good chance you'll you're, you're going to be deported. Isn't this the same jazz I'm hearing about with Bezos and Amazon? I got distracted because Bernie is just so adorable when he yells at people. But Bernie <laughs> was yelling at Bezos and saying, you're worth like 100, what is $182 billion or something like that. And he's saying, what's your problem with them unionizing? Like corporations everywhere want to stop the unionization. So as someone who doesn't belong to a union, my mother belonged to a union, but I don't belong to a union. Can you give me like a 411 of what a union does? Yeah, so what a union does is they'll enter uh, into a they'll negotiate for a collective bargaining agreement with the with with, with management, and you know it goes uh, through all different terms and conditions of employment. You know, uh, pay levels potentially, uh, where when you can fire somebody as opposed to you know non-union um, employees where the the fault is at will employment. Um, there's usually you know, termination for cause provisions. There's benefits. There's grievance provisions. So it, it basically allows employees to have a collective voice 
in negotiating with management for terms and conditions of employment. When you say a collective voice, though, I'm an individual. Let's presuppose they're saying deported. I'm an illegal alien, and I want to negotiate overtime or time off, and I'm not in a union, and I need sick leave or I have maternity leave or something else. I got no legs, no leverage, no nothing. And there's this thing called the National Labor Relations Board, and that's really a, the protector of these people to allow them to unionize. Is that what I'm getting? Correct. Yeah, there's the National Labor Relations Act, which the NLRB enforces, and that uh, prohibits management from interfering in employees' right to unionize. And this would be likely an interference. And the National Labor Relations Board's involved and you starting to become a union too. So it's not like you're on your own. It's not like Lauren and I and Tommy all come together and go, let's form a union. The National Labor Relations Board, our federal government, is very pro-union as far as giving you the tools to get this done, correct? Yes. What's interesting though, Tate's- Especially under Biden. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting, Tate's, what's interesting, Amazon- is that the House, the House of Representatives, on March 9th, passed a law that was introduced on February 4th of this year to expand union rights. And that, people call it the PRO Act, but it's actually the Protecting the Right to Organize Act of 2021. And we like to go on GovTrack, which shows us progression of laws. And there's a whole, it's a huge law, Morty, and has a 42% prognosis of passing. It has 213 co-sponsors, like three Republicans. How do they come up with that percentage? So it's an algorithm, and they look at how many co-sponsors you have, where, how long along the legislative history it is, what changes it has. We'll do that a whole nother time. But for now, okay. for now, it's 42% passed the House on the Senate, Democrat-controlled Senate, Democrat president. We think it's worth talking about, particularly when you're seeing Amazon and you're seeing Tate's locally trying to stemmy the unions. And this new law is about unions. And what does it say in their summary? It says, expands various labor protections related to employees' right to organize and collectively bargain in the workplace. And I come into the office and I say to Morty, because I've told you before, our offices are next to each other. We have shakshuka talk. We have stuff we got to do. And we're, we're talking and I'm saying to Morty, can you believe about Tate's? Can you believe about Amazon? This new law is coming out. And Morty said to me something very smart, Lord. He said, but it's before the Senate. They have a chance to change the bill because they don't just have to pass it. They can come up with their own version. And I said to Morty, well, what would you change? Like, let's imagine you're Tsar Morty, you're Emperor Morty, you're Melech Morty. What would you change? And he what says would to I would, I'm oh, sorry. No, no, you first. Uh, he says to me, I have an idea. I want to know what your idea is. So my idea is, in the, in the bill, there's a, um, a provision about broadening the definition of employees um, and presumably it's to give people more union rights, more people uh, the ability to join a union. Because if you're an independent contractor, you're not, you're not part of a union. But, but, it, but it broadens the definition so much that it basically almost makes it impossible to be an independent contractor. I just want to pause there for a second because that's what got my real attention. Besides the fact that Tate's and it's down the block and it hits home and I 
probably pay more money to Amazon than anyone I've ever met. I am so addicted to Amazon. I you bought, just got a package, Andrew. Did I? <laughs> I probably did. I yeah. bought. I bought. I want you to know both my recycling bins on Amazon because the ones that the town gave me weren't big enough to recycle the Amazon packages. I love me some Amazon. In defense of you not being like somebody who's like a shopaholic, we only buy things on Amazon. So it's not we're not really supporting other And Lauren, retailers. you can get like a box of gum and it comes in a thing the size of a dresser. Like they give you boxes that are disproportionately large for what you're getting inside of them. But anyway, I read on Housing Wire because, you know, I'm very involved in real estate. I read on Housing Wire what happens to realtors if the PRO Act passes. And what they're saying on Housing Wire, I read this article, Morty, and I'm very concerned about this. So I wanted to come talk to you about it. And they're saying that they agree with us that this Section 2.3 of the National Labor Relations Act, which is going to be amended, it's changing the definition of employee. And by this new definition, they're saying that almost everyone that works at a brokerage is going to become an employee, which is going to subject them to all sorts of different payments and penalties. Yeah, I see a big fire burning right now, and everybody listening, that's a broker being like, what? I want to tell you something funny. Green Room, I told you guys that we, we are going to tell you what goes on behind the scenes now, so I'm going to tell you. Lauren's been giving me so much attitude about this week's script, going, I didn't even understand any of the words. Well, he like, sent me these like words on paper, and I'm just like, words, words, words. You should have just saw her face, and it just clicked on why we're talking about this on the Liebcast, how this is a current event that impacts business and real estate, because a side effect of this law, according to Housing Wire, is that brokerages, which are structured as independent contractor organizations, like they could have 500 independent contractors and three employees. Like, yeah, most brokerage companies have very few actual employees. Most every single person when they say, oh, I work at XYZ Realty and everybody knows XYZ Realty, that really just means they're an independent contractor for them. All so. it means is that they use some of their tools, some of their marketing, and they split their commission with the company. They don't work there. Give me a break. So, But when you see on Facebook, they're always the number seven person in the company and they're not even in the company. My favorite though, Lauren, is one of the bigger companies just was promoting on Facebook that they're one of the best employers in the United States. And you had to have a certain amount of people being employees to be on the list. And I happen to know that they, yeah, they have much more than that when you include their independent contractors, but they have like a handful of employees. Like it, it was ridiculous. But Morty, can you break down what we're talking about so everyone gets it with this new definition, the old definition, what the difference is between employee and independent contractor? Give me the summary first, then we'll get into the details. Okay, that, that's a lot, Andrew. Yeah. But okay, I'll, uh, I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try yeah, I'll do to break it, it down for you. I'll do it better. Yeah. Be smart. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the let's just let's start with the new standard. So the new proposed standard. This was actually uh, modeled after the uh, the standard that was uh, delineated by a uh, California state court. I think in 2000, in the 2018 decision. And basically what it says is every um, individual who does work for you is an employee unless they meet these three prongs. And it's known as the ABC test because there's three prongs. Get it? ABC. So number one <laughs> is the individual is free from control and direction. I'm not going to read the rest of it. Um, both um, based on the contract between the parties and what's actually happening. So they can't control um, your hours of work. They can't control the place that you work. 
Yes. So what is it? Yes. So they, they, they can tell them the goals, but they can't have control over the means to get to that goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, number two is that the, and this is the, this is the kicker. The service is performed outside the usual course of the business of the employer. So what that means is, you know, we, we have a law firm, um, somebody that comes and cleans the law firm, they're not, the, the, the person that cleans is not working in the usual course of the business of the employer, which is law. However, we as, we as a law firm could not have under this an independent contractor that is an attorney. Wow. Because we're a law firm. No, because of, correct. Well, it's not just because we're a law firm, is it? So like, we, practice law. we practice it's law. It's because we practice. Oh, law. Oh, I get so, it. But yeah. somebody, so somebody who practices law is not outside the usual course of our business. Somebody who comes and cleans or comes and fixes the printer, that person can be an independent contractor. So I just want to repeat it back, and you tell me if I get it. It's not yeah, that we're ahead. a law firm that means that we can't do it. It's because we're a law firm and hiring an attorney. The linkage between the two is the key. Correct. So it's not like- Correct, because that's why I said a law firm can hire an independent contractor that's a cleaning service. A law firm can hire an, an accountant as an independent contractor, but a law firm cannot hire, according to this, a lawyer as an independent contractor because that is the usual course of business of the employer. So the of counsels? Well, of counsels are a lot of time employees, Lauren. They're not independent contractors. Okay. Of counsel, it's interesting. People want to know what that means a lot. It's usually someone who's not a partner, whether it be equity or non-equity, and they're an older attorney, not to pigeonhole on age, but usually they're older attorney who is uncomfortable being called an associate. So they use the okay. word of counsel to give them some prestige, and I don't know why that happens that way. But let's go back to this thing, though, because I want to make sure I'm getting this right. They're not coming after attorneys. There's nothing here that's about just law firms, just so we're clear. In this no, I, 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 was, I was just using that as an example. Got it. So the same thing would apply if I was a cleaning company and I hired a cleaning person I wouldn't be able to have cleaning people working for my cleaning company being independent contractors. Is that kind of what you're saying? Correct. Okay. I just wanted a secondary illustration. So we've done A, we've done B, and when I watch Sesame Street, I know C is next. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if D was next, though? I, I was actually thinking that we should go with Gimmel, but that's a whole other story for a whole other day. <laughs> so C is the individual is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, profession, or business of the same nature as that involved in the service performed. So the English version of that is the person that you're hiring as an independent contractor, what they are doing for you has to be their trade. So, you know, it can't be somebody who, um, who has a profession, who's doing something else, and then you're uh, having them come once a week um, to, uh, to clean and they don't clean for anybody else. So this has to be their profession. So this ABC test you're doing though, and that you just explained to us, this is not currently federal law. Am I getting that correct? This is just mirrored this after California? Correct. The, the, the current laws, um, New York state, uh, New York city, federal, it is a much more, um, it's, 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 it's a much more, uh, detailed test. They consider like 10 or 11 factors, mostly, um, based on the control that the employer has over the uh, individual. 
Okay, so let's just go back to what many of our listeners are real estate brokers. Who are our listeners, Lauren? I, I love when people are on the show and they go, our listeners. Like, do you keep them in the dungeon and throw them kibbles and bits? And they're like, hey, I'm a listener. Like, these are my friends, Lauren. Come on. Okay, fine. Our friends, a lot of friends of ours are real estate brokers or associate brokers, salespersons that are listening to this right now. And they buy I'm trade. listening to you right now. Okay, no, you're talking right now. That's true. Okay, so by trade- their their service is real estate brokerage and they're 1099 independent contractors for real estate brokerage companies. Just to be clear, Morty, and I want to make sure I'm on the same page, none of this ABC test has anything to do with whether you got a 1099. Am I correct? Correct. Okay, fine. Independent contractors. And, and also let me just okay. clarify, this is this is not what's known as a totality of the circumstances test where you look at everything and, you know, if you're mostly there, then then, then it's okay. You have to meet all these three elements or you're not a independent contractor. So I want to go to Lauren's question. I want you to hit it, but I just want to be making sure we're all focused. We're not talking about the law in New York State right now. Is that correct? Correct. We're not talking about California's law. Correct. Are we talking about all federal laws when it comes to the definition of employee, or are we only talking about under the National Labor Relations Act when it comes to the ability to unionize, et cetera? What I'm differentiating is, is this apply to, you'll learn use the word 1099. Well, she used the numbers 1099. I think it's what the count did. And so she used the numbers, number of the day, and she said 1099. That would be the IRS under the Internal Revenue Code. Does this apply to that too? Is this like, let's assume this passes 42% prognosis. Are we talking about this being the new federal standard for the word employee? Or are we only talking with respect to the National Labor Relations Act? And the reason I ask is a Housing Wire article I read made me feel like it was New York State, New York City, everything federal and everything under the sun. So I first want to ask you, and then we're going to go to Lauren's question once we key in. Are we only talking about the ability to unionize now or a broader topic or something else? So literally, this uh, provision would be part of the National Labor Relations Act, but then it's going to be a whole mishkabobble in being able to trying to connect this with other laws that federal laws that have different definitions of, of employer and employee. So I'm getting right now, though, that there's, and Lauren always talks about our listeners. And if I'm a listener and I'm listening to this right now, I'm hearing, ah, I need Advil. And so when I'm hearing this, I just <laughs> want to make sure to clarify it. This has been brought to you by Advil. Well, the Senate's, the Senate, I said we're giving uh, Senate advice because they can change the bill. Are we suggesting first, Morty, that no matter what rule they came up with for the term employee, they shouldn't have it in the National Labor Relations Act, but instead they should make a law that supersedes all other laws federally, state, city, otherwise. It's called preemption, where that is the standard. So you don't have to have one standard for A, one standard for B, one standard for C, one standard for D, and no one knows what you're talking about. I still don't know what you're talking that, about. That, that would be more practical. What I'm talking about, Lauren, is that this law, the way they are doing it, assuming it passes this 42% prognosis, only goes to one sliver of laws about independent contractor versus employee. You can be an independent contractor for tax purposes and be an employee for labor relations purposes. And what I'm saying to Morty, and Morty, I think you're agreeing with me, that this Housing Wire article, it seemed like they were talking about across the board, state, city, locale, whatever it is, and federal. And 
perhaps the best thing they can do is create a law, just a brand new law, not a National Labor Relations Act whatsoever, that says preempting all contrary laws, federally, state, local. The definition of an employee is this. Is that our first suggestion to Charles Schumer, Chucky, and our man Mitch McConnell if they're listening to us? Yes, and I my suggestion would not be to make this the broad standard because it would basically eliminate the uh, the gig economy. Just to go back though, because Lauren goes to brokers, and I like your term gig economy. I want to hit that too. I guess where I'm going with this is isn't in the Internal Revenue Code a provision that says that a broker who gives their salespersons an independent contractor agreement every year with certain language in it is presumed to be an independent contractor with a 1099 under the Internal Revenue Code. Isn't that a law too? That's correct. It's IRC 3508. So this wouldn't supersede that for tax purposes because there's no provision of which ones. So Lauren, you said you don't get it. Let me make you get it. You can be an independent contractor for tax purposes based on their definition and be an employee for labor relations purposes. And what we're saying is Housing Wire's article didn't differentiate that there's so many different tests of what employee and independent contractor is. So people often say, we had a client I was sitting in on Morty's meeting with them, and the client said, you have to be a genius to be an employer these days because there's so many different laws. And Morty said, well, that's why I am retained all the time by employers as an employment lawyer because you just need someone that's on top of this stuff all the time. And what I'm saying to Mr. Trump, Trump used to say when he was becoming president, when he was being president, we have to make simpler regulations. That's what he said. Now, this isn't a regulation. This is a statute. But I agree with him. I agree with that statement. And what I'm saying is, Mr. Biden, President Biden, what I'm saying is, Mr. Schumer, Senator Schumer, what I'm saying is, Ms. Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, why don't we change this law and make one grand law of what the definition of employee is? And Morty, I agree with you. We don't like this California ABC law because it has so many problems with the gig economy, which is the key with Uber drivers we got, which is the key of so many disruptive technologies. But this hodgepodge laws on the local, state, and federal level, even within the federal government of different laws, is in of itself ripe for litigation and STEMI's innovation and STEMI's employers. So isn't that our biggest suggestion? So Morty, you said a second ago, you wouldn't do this test. What's the test they should do? So I, and I don't like totality of the circumstances tests either because then like you have the same problem, you know, nobody knows what the actual law is um, because it changes based on the circumstances. So what I would, I, I, I like the, the control aspect. I would take out the, uh, the, that service has to be performed outside the usual course of business. And perhaps I put in that, the uh, there, there's a carve out that if the um, the individual is its own entity, then it's independent contractor. So if the in the, the cleaning service coming to your uh, your office has a uh, LLC is an is an LLC, um, then that uh, then that company is independent contractor. I just want you're doing business with a company, not an individual. I just want Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell to know that we don't need you to send us some thank you cards, but you're welcome to use our <laughs> new law. This is the Leapcast. <laughs> Have a great week. We'll see you next week. So long. Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listen to leap.com.